Welcome to Tent Talk, the podcast with Nancy McCrady, where we talk about life under the big tent of God's presence and the provoking process of discipleship. Here we go. Welcome to Tent Talk. I'm Nancy McCrady. Today's episode will ask the question, are you ready to be the proving ground for everything that you preach? Are you ready to provoke others to go deeper with him and in so doing that their responses to you, whether they be rejection or flattery, are you ready to just move on no matter what response you get? Take a listen today. I hope it encourages you to go deeper with him and connect more with me. Hey, everybody. Great to be together again today on Tent Talk. Are you the proving ground for everything that you preach? Now, you may not be a preacher. You may not consider yourself to be a public speaker, but your whole life is speaking something. So this definition of proving ground I want to share with you today, this is a very, very powerful truth. You know, Jesus was the proving ground for everything that he preached. He did not preach in a vacuum. He did not say things and then just walk off and go home and and, uh, nothing ever happened because of it. Literally, the truth that Jesus spoke was proven upon himself. So let me give you this definition of proving ground. Proving ground means an environment that serves to demonstrate whether something really works or is really true. Now, in John 8, roughly verses 36, 37 on to the finish of that chapter in verse 59, is a very, very stout, clear example of what I'm talking about. Jesus is speaking to Pharisees. He's speaking to people who have been listening to him, who have been checking him out. And he is speaking very strong truth. Now, listen to me. We are in a day and a time when we must embrace truth as the cure to the chaos that's going on. But we must also know that when we speak truth, it can incite others. Uh, Not everyone will fall at our feet and think the truth that we share is so phenomenal, It may be the very truth that has set you free, but it might incite others uh, as the very proof of what you're sharing. So this is um, something to be thought of as you are maturing, maybe in your assignment. So let's look first at this context of how it was for Jesus, because If we're really going to be his disciples, if we're really going to live like him, we need to really learn in the the stark reality of what he lived through as he followed the Father, as he was a full representation of the Father to the very ones that he was sent to, then we too must recognize that if we're going to follow him, His life in us is going to be developed. We're going to mature along that same line, along that same way, for those same purposes, for us to be a full representation of the Father right now in the context of our everyday life, in the midst of this 
wonderful, but yet very disruptive time that we are living in, we must really look at this and let it really prepare us. So let's look at what Jesus was living through as he spoke truth to people. Now, remember, this is in somewhat the context of John 8, 32, you know, where it says that, you know, the truth will set you free. When you know the truth, the truth will set you free. And it will, it will set you free from every fantasy, uh, everything that you may have thought things were going to look like if you were really anointed and moving in your destiny. Well, let me tell you, it's time for us definitely to wake up. So let's see in the context of that, what Jesus, the truth was living through so that we won't be shocked uh, and spend time uh, staggered by what starts going on around us. All right. So Jesus is speaking to them and he is saying to them, uh, I'm speaking truth to you. And while I'm speaking truth to you, he says, at least twice, he says in this context of scripture, he says, and you're planning to kill me. All right. Do you understand that when you begin to live like Jesus, walk like Jesus, speak like Jesus, all right, do you understand that others could be planning uh, to come against you? All right. Now, it, this, is, this, is, this is for those who are ready to mature. All right. So he says, I tell you the things which I have seen and learned at my father's side, and your actions also reflect what you have heard and learned from your father. This is what he says to them in John 8, verse 38. Now, we jump down, and he says, in John 8, 44, you are of your father, the devil, and it is your will to practice the lust and gratify the desires, which are characteristics of your father. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. And when he speaks of falsehood, he speaks what is natural to him, for he is a liar himself and the father of lies and of all that is false. All right. Now, this is pretty stout. Uh, conversations that Jesus is having here with the good people, the religious people. And it reflects the religious and the good in all of us. So let's don't think that this could not be us. Now, if you're born again, you're no longer of the devil. You are now of God himself. But Jesus is speaking to them and he's exposing their good. He is, the, he is exposing source because to God's source is totally key. And Jesus knows that when he speaks truth at this depth, he knows that he is going to be, that he is about to be the proving ground for everything that he says. So guess what ends up happening? So he's just told them, you're of your father, the devil. He said, if you were really Abraham's seed, you'd be glad to see me, but you're not. You're plotting to kill me. And he says, because you're of your father, the devil, you are of the one who has been a murderer and a liar from the beginning. Now, come on, think about this with me. All right. And eventually, what does the good of man eventually do to Jesus? Uh, eventually, they plot his death by setting it up by lying on him and plotting his death. Now, from their point of view, they're just trying to shut him down, get him out of the way. From Jesus's point of view, he knew this would happen. This is why he came. But he knew that as he came to die, 
and uh, for the sins of the world. He knew that those that that very nature that he came to crucify, that nature that we inherited from Adam, uh, he knew that it would be proven to be the evil that it is within his own experience, if you will, upon his own being. The expression of it, the proving ground of it would be how people responded to him, what they plotted and wanted to do to him. It was not theory. Uh, Jesus knew uh, in an ever-increasing way, as he matured, he began to see more realistically what this was going to entail. So what I want to say to you is that what he spoke of in these earlier scriptures in John 8, verses 35 on, especially in John 8, 44, where he just out and out tells them, you are of your father, the devil. You see, that nature that we inherited is not basically good, that what we inherited from Adam, it is a nature that is depraved and set against God. And there's no rehabilitating of it. There is only death to it. And then on being born again to receive an entirely new nature. For more information on Nancy, please visit nancymccrady.com or follow her on social media at nbmccrady. So it tells us in John 8, 59, after Jesus has had this unbelievable discourse, this unbelievable conversation with them where he is telling them truth, he is just simply telling them he is not under any illusions that they're going to clap and applaud and be thrilled about it. Uh, because we see that in verse 59, it says, So they took up stones to throw at him, but Jesus, by mixing with the crowd, concealed himself and went out of the temple. You see, Jesus dropped the truth on them, knowing that their responses would be uh, pretty intense, pretty strong against him as he shared that truth, because man is not naturally drawn to truth. Uh, that comes from God. Man is naturally drawn to his own self-delusion and to his own lies. And we've all done that. We've all shrouded ourselves with lies, denials, rationalizations, excuses, all of that until Holy Spirit comes and we allow his piercing conviction to come to us. We don't even know truth. We can't even awaken to truth. And it is God's goodness that continues to contend with us and come to us again and again and again. But in this situation, Jesus knew as he lived as a son unto the Father, he knew that he would be the proving ground of everything that he preached. And so we have to ask ourselves, after we have allowed truth to come to us and have its way in us, revealing to us, speaking to us, are we then ready to live like Jesus? Are we ready not to go pointing our finger at others in judgment as though we could not be capable of those same things, but as coming and sharing truth that we ourselves first needed, and now we must pass on. If the same deliverance that came to us is going to come to others, we must be willing to endure the assault of others without it infecting us, without it shutting us down, without it offending us. The only way for that to happen is for the very life of Jesus within us to be developed. Those characteristics, the ability to share truth 
and not be offended at the response of others to that truth, the only way to live in the duality of that is in abiding in the very nature of Jesus himself. So the reality check for you and I of living like Jesus is we have to ask ourselves, what expectations do I have when I share truth? Am I looking for uh, the approval of man or the approval of God? Do I go into shock and awe when others might oppose truth? See, look at not just your private world, but, but look at what is happening even out in the world today. Am I willing to be rejected by the world when I share truth um, and yet still continue uh, with full allegiance to the Father to continue to share it? Um, you know, or am I going to be like Peter that I'm shocked that others would come against Jesus? Therefore, I draw my sword and I cut their ears off. All right. Do you understand? There's a myriad of ways that we can begin to respond. But I want these things to begin to be clues to you, uh, red flags to you of, look, are you really being prepared for your assignment to be a truth receiver and a truth giver? Are you ready to receive truth at a new depth by the Holy Spirit? And are you then willing when the time is right and with great wisdom to be willing to uh, release that same truth that you needed now release it to others and continue and finish your course? Or are you going to be devastated by the fact of how things begin to go? If someone else picks up a stone and wants to throw it at you, are you able to just I'm just going to move along and uh, continue on. You see, Jesus knew when it was time to continue on. He knew when it was time to yield. And and that kind of discernment, when you're going to pass on truth, if you're going to be the very proving ground, okay, for what you say, if you say to people, uh, you are not of God, You are separate from him, but he wants you to be reconciled to him. And the cross is the only way. And you begin to share at whatever level your assignment is at. You begin to share that truth. Are you truly ready to to walk through uh, the fallout of that? And I don't mean that necessarily as a negative, but as the reality check, you see. So do we expect everyone to like us? You see, are you the very message that you speak? Are you, whether you're in a public pulpit or over a private conversation over coffee, are you ready to recognize that what may come against you is the very thing that once operated in you? You see, Paul and these guys, Peter, they all knew, the brothers that went before us, the sons that went before us, they all knew. The very things that are about to come against us are the very things that used to operate in us. So they they had a very strong familiarity with it. They were not confused about its source. They they knew that they had been delivered from that. Now they were going to be sent to others to bring that same deliverance. So this is where we've got to be those that are we ready now to be the proving ground For everything we preach, whether from a pulpit or in a private conversation or in discipling others. Now, those that love Jesus will love you. Those that hate Jesus will hate you. But listen, we all started out as those who hated Jesus. We are those who have been delivered, unless you just think you've been delivered from one sin. 
like I've just been delivered from addiction, but I'm basically a good person, then your deliverance needs to go deeper because we need to be those who understand the very depth of the deliverance that every single one of us needs. So I want you to think on this today. I want you to be encouraged by this because we are in disruptive times, but disruption can lead to great discipleship because there's a disruptiveness that comes when we are breaking out of lies, uh, illusions, fantasies, fairy tales, rationalizations, excuses, old philosophies. Listen, if we say there's going to be an awakening, listen to me carefully, then we are going to be awakening out of our own slumber. God has got to get us sharp and sober so that then we can turn and in real true love, the, the God kind of love, the God kind of kindness, turn and release that same truth that we needed to someone else. So I want you to really consider this today and be encouraged in it. Now, as we close out, would you go and give Tent Talk five stars? Would you write a review that encourages others to listen? Would you also go over and check out the free Facebook group that I've got up called The Producer's Way? This is a free Facebook group we're about to do here at the end of January, a three-day free Sharp and Sober Challenge to get ready as we launch out the Producer's Way online school and community. So I want you to do these things for me. This is a part of being a part of the Tent Talk tribe. This is the Tent Talk family that we're in. And I want you to help me to get these messages out that are going to really help people to begin to sharpen inwardly, to begin to awaken and get ready for the days ahead, the days that we live in now. This is, let me tell you, when God begins to deal with us, it deals with past, present, future. He is so able to deliver, to develop, to begin to really get us ready for the days that we are in. So I'm so glad that we were together today, and I hope that you are going to be willing to be the proving ground for everything that you preach, that you will not stagger and falter and fall at the difficulties ahead, at the responses of others that you will not collapse uh, when they reject you, and you will not be seduced when they flatter you. You will just simply continue on as Jesus did. He just continued on with the Father, unmoved by either the rejections or the flattery. Check it out today in John 8, and I know that you are going to go deeper with him, and I hope that you are going to connect more with me. So it's been good to be under the big tent of God's presence together today, as he gets all of us ready to move as one with him. All right, I love you all. Until next time. If you'd like information on how to book Nancy McCready for an event or speaking engagement, visit nancymccready.com.